that the Lord wants to say to us, um, which is that really I had this, this verse come to me, which is this, I will be confident, I will be confident, and I'm going to read where that comes from in a minute, um, but I would like to say that I am not the world's greatest dancer, right? Okay, you know there's a verse that people put on their fridge, isn't it? Not a verse, it's like a saying, isn't it? Uh, was it sort of sing as if no one's listening, uh, do something else, dance as if no one's watching, right? Okay, if I dance, nobody should be watching, right? Okay, but you know it's like you go to a work party or you go to a wedding uh, and, you know, uh, there's some people that are straight up there, right? Minute one, they're on the dance floor, right? And then there's me, right? And probably many other people. And we're sat at the side and it takes us a while to get going, you know? And then you kind of edge in and you sort of stand there and you maybe just bend the knees, right? And then after a time, maybe, maybe the hand comes out, yeah? Right? And you get more confident, don't you, right? And over time, as you get more confident, the moves get bigger, and bigger, yeah? Because confidence is so important to us in terms of... Jen, Jen's lost it, look. There we are. <laughs> yeah, Jen knows that did it properly, absolutely, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's always amazing. I'm also envious of those people that have just got the confidence to stroll up and get on that dance floor and go for it. And, you know, there are so many Christians that live life, right, just like they're kind of standing there and they're on the edge of the dance floor and they're kind of looking at other people dancing and thinking, oh, I'd like to be able to move my stuff, right? But I'm just on the edge looking at other people. Where's Peter out in Greece? And there might be those of you this morning thinking, oh, I wish I could go and, you know, go and sort of walk around Greece. Well, the Lord wants to make us confident, doesn't he? To do what he's called us to do. Um, those of us that know my middle son, Reuben, uh, will have noticed that there's been a bit of a transformation in Reuben over the last 18 months, hasn't there? Um, so I remember taking Reuben to the school gate um, and he was so afraid to go into school. He wouldn't go into school, he was afraid. Uh, he would never stand up and say anything. Uh, and, uh, and what's happened is that over the last 18 months, um, he has become uh, sometimes too overconfident. Uh, last week, apparently in Sunday school, they did a session on uh, do not boast. Uh, the, the, you know, don't be a boaster. And apparently Reuben topped the charts of saying the most amount of boastful things in one session. They started to count after a while, right? And he has become so confident. Um, and to the point now where he just kicks off in random song um, in the middle of like, you'll be in the middle of dinner time or when we're with friends and all the kids are laughing at him and he's found his place, isn't he, Gemma, as somewhat of a clown. And it's amazing to watch what happens when someone gets confident. And the Lord this morning wants to make you and I confident in his word, confident in what he's called us to do, confident to be who he's made us to be. And so I want to read uh, a short section of a psalm, Psalm 27. Uh, so if you've got it, open up your Bibles. If you don't, don't worry. Uh, it's only three verses that we're going to read. Um, but you will probably know if you've been around church for a while uh, what these verses are. Okay? So Psalm 27, uh, verses 1 to 3. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came up against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. I will be confident. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. You know, who wrote, who wrote the psalm, this, most of this psalm? You know who wrote this psalm? A guy called David, right? David was a great king. He was an amazing warrior, right? He was a fantastic leader. He had a team of mighty men. He took on lions and bears single-handedly. I do that in my spare time, as you can hear, right? But David is having to remind himself to be confident. David, this great leader, is saying, do you know what, I get scared. I get afraid. I'm tempted to try and run away at times. And I need to remind myself that I will be confident. You know, it's great we read the Old Testament all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Even the great heroes of the faith had to challenge themselves to trust God and be confident in what he was doing. You know, we talked about Joshua. Joshua uh, was commissioned by God. And it uses the phrase, be bold and courageous, three times in a short passage of Scripture. Because God is saying to him, you need to be bold and courageous. You need to have confidence. You need to be bold and courageous. We need the confidence to believe that God has called us for a purpose and wants to use us. And that in, in him, we need to be bold and courageous to accomplish. As Ephesians 2, chapter 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which Christ has prepared for us beforehand. You know, Christ has already prepared for us good works that we are to do. Do we have the confidence to step into it? So why is confidence so important? Why is it so important? Surely we should just all be nice and just say we're going to love the Lord Jesus and turn up to church on a Sunday and everything will just happen for us, right? Well, maybe that's true. But apparently, uh, and this might explain one or two things, confidence is more important than physical attractiveness, right? That would explain why uh, Pat married Gemma. It would explain why uh, that Je- Helen married me. Yeah, confidence is more important than physical attractiveness, according to the in- according apparently to the International Journal of Com- of, of Cosmetic Science. <coughs> I'm a regular reader, as you can tell. Um, <coughs> and apparently, they did some studies uh, that certain cologne uh, improved the confidence of men so much so that women uh, in in photographs identified them as being more attractive. Right, so if they, thought, they wore cologne, they felt that they were more attractive, and a woman, they took some photos of them, and women, and apparently graded them as being more attractive. Right, confidence matters. Apparently, according to uh, another university, uh, something as simple as a confident, direct smile from a woman was enough to catch the attention of a potential date. That must be what Bex did for Pete. Yeah. <laughs> now, I used to play a lot of cricket. Right when I was young, I used to play a lot of cricket, um, and I was I was reasonably talented to be honest. I had quite good hand-eye coordination. I kind of knew how the game worked quite well, um, but I wasn't really very good, right? And I tell you why I wasn't very good. I used to play uh, as an opening batsman, and if you know anything about cricket, you will know that the opening batsman always goes out first, right? And their job is ideally to not give away their wicket, right? To be a bit kind of to not just get bowled out on, on the first ball with a massive big swing and a miss, right? So I used to send me out, because basically I used to go, and I was afraid of getting, getting out. I was more afraid of getting out than I was of actually not scoring any runs. So I could stick around for ages and just like block the ball, right? And be safe and block the ball. But in the end, cricket isn't about how long you can stay in, it's about how many runs you can score. 
right? And I remember I used to stand there at the crease and I'd bat and I remember the bowler was running in. I used to be like praying, Lord, I pray I don't get out of this ball. I pray I don't get out of this ball. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray I don't get out of this ball. I pray I don't get out of this ball. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Okay. And I am not someone that naturally has a great amount of confidence, right, when it comes to these things. But a lack of confidence will limit the purposes of God in your life. Do you believe that? You will find yourself, right, a bit like I was with your spiritual cricket bat, right, right, and life is running in at you and your whole mentality is, Lord, please don't make me get out. Amen. Right? Please let me just be safe. Amen. Right? No great cricketer, right, maybe you're buying Jeffrey Boycott, right, if anyone knows anything about cricket, has ever made a name for themselves by simply just being the most boring player in the world. Right? God wants to release stuff in us and we need to come to a position where we are confident in what God has for us and wants to do for us. I, one of my friends, Chris Spicer, who was here a few months ago, said that God wants us to soar like eagles, not flap like chickens. Right? And I think there's a great truth in that, that many of us are just afraid running around. But not only will a lack of confidence stop us fulfilling what God has for us, a lack of confidence will make what we're doing unenjoyable. You know, if you are someone that struggles with confidence, let me tell you, it's not very much fun. Right? I had to go this week and I was speaking, uh, would you believe, uh, at the uh, Christian Medical Fellowship Conference up in Manchester. Basically, loads of doctors. Right? All these really clever people, they really know what they're talking about. They're all like GPs and surgeons and there's me. Right? And I got asked because I knew the bloke that was organising it and he obviously thought I, I could have something to say. Right? And I'll be honest, it was a really stressful week for me this week. Right? Because I realised and I got there and, I, and, I, and uh, he was driving up in the car and he said, oh yeah, the, um, the CEO of our organisation, he'll be in, I thought it was going to be a bunch of students, right? medical students. It turns out, no, the CEO of the company, was, uh, of the organisation was there. This is a big organisation. Right? Their conference uh, is about 500 people. You know, it's a big organisation. And, um, and the chair of the board apparently is going to be there and all this. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, oh. And you know what, right? It, it spoils your enjoyment. I'm sitting and, I, and they, they, they have this amazing buffet of food in the hotel that we were at. And I was thinking, oh, this is good. And I've got this like, like food. This, it was a Nepalese curry. looked very nice. And I was sitting there thinking, I just can't eat this. Right? I'm just really nervous. And any of you that know me, I'm not the most nervous of individual. But when you're nervous and you're not confident, doesn't it? It ruins your enjoyment of things. You know, as Christians, we need to enjoy, God wants us to enjoy the life that he's given us. And if we spend our time worrying all the time that we're not good enough or haven't got the confidence to be who God has made us, we'll spend our life basically being quite unhappy. Always feeling like, oh dear, you know, they're going to find me out. Sooner or later, everyone's going to discover that I'm a fraud. Everyone's going to discover I'm not very good at this. Everyone's gonna, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to talk about this subject to all these doctors and they're going to look at me and go... Who is this guy? What is he talking about? That's what goes through your head. I had a dream, right, five o'clock in the morning, right, the day I was due to speak, and I woke up. It was one of these moments. You could tell I was worried. I never dreamed about anything, right? But I woke up, and in my, in my dream, this was, it was 10 to 9. We started at 9 o'clock, and I had just woken up. I was late. I hadn't showered, and I was saying to Helen, who wasn't at this conference, oh, Helen, I'm going to be late. What's going to happen, right? And obviously, I was so worried about it, I started to dream about it. And you know, when we're lacking in confidence, it, it will take away our enjoyment. And God wants us to enjoy it. So where then does confidence come from? How do we grow in confidence? Well, you could go on the internet and it will tell you, um, 
And I can tell that, you know, some of us take this advice, don't we, Terry? It says, if you want to improve your confidence, you could dress to impress. You could learn power poses. Top Gun, look, he's got his Top Gun t-shirt on. You could learn power poses and stand there and look really confident, right? You could try and fix things about yourself. But the truth is, is that all those things won't really help. They might help on the surface, they might help for five minutes, but they won't help because they don't fundamentally address the core issues within ourselves. We need to understand that primarily our confidence comes from God. And so let's look then at this verse, Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Confidence comes from God. David's confidence came from God. But it comes from having confidence in God. Having confidence in who he is, in his personality, in his character. You know, we have sung this morning, and it's been such a good uh, build-up, as it were, to the message, right? Because we've been singing about the goodness of God. We've heard God talking about his goodness, haven't we? Yeah? Yeah? We're not in the same meeting. Was I in a different meeting to everybody else? Right? Because God, and, and God was saying to us, wasn't he? You need to understand how good I am. Because when we understand how good God is and how much he loves us, we can start to put our trust in him. We don't just say our confidence comes from God, but I can put my whole trust in him. And so what does David say? He says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. You see, David had the confidence that God was guiding his path. God was a light. Or Further on, it says, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. He's saying, God, you're guiding my life. You're in control. The reason I'm here in this situation where there is armies outside my doorstep is because you have allowed it to be so for my good. And that's a tough thing to say. You know, uh, the verse for anybody that's going to run a tough mudder is this, right? Uh, Psalm 18, 8, 28 to 29. For you, are my, uh, for you light my lamp, the Lord my God illuminates my darkness. For by you I can run through a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall, right? You know, David is saying, because you are my light, because you are my lamp, because I know what's happening, I have the confidence to go through what's in front of me. I have the confidence to jump over the obstacles, you know, I think there are people here that lack the confidence to know whether or not they should be doing this or whether they should be doing that. I don't know if you've ever had that, but you think to yourself, Lord, I'm at a crossroads. Do I do go this way or do I go that way? Should I do this or should I do that? And so often we lack, we lack the confidence to make good decisions because we're worried that we're going to get them wrong. But you know what I've uh, discovered? We, we, we talked this morning about the, the, the love of the Father. My kids do stuff and they don't always ask for permission. It would be weird if my kids came up to me and said to me, it would be nice if they did ask permission a bit more often, to be honest, right? When you discover them eating their third biscuit, right? All right? My kids have learned that because I love them, that they are free to do things. And they've learned when it's not right and when it is, but it would be weird, wouldn't it? It's if your kids came up to you every time they wanted to, uh, mummy, can I pick up this pencil? Of course you can. What, what are you asking me for? You know, um, you know, mummy, can I use the toilet? Just go to the toilet. You know, like you know, right? And and I think sometimes in our Christian life, right, we have we we don't realise that God is a good father, 
And he will intervene if we're going to do ourselves some damage. If my child is about to put his finger in the plug, I will intervene. Right? If my child, as some, well, particularly if you're Toby's parents, yeah, there is many times, those of us that don't know, Toby is a small boy um, who can be found anywhere uh, at any time doing anything that is potentially dangerous. And the more dangerous it is, the more likely Toby is doing it. Right? And so, you, as a father, you, you intervene and you say, stop that, it's going to hurt you. But I don't have to get him to check every single decision with me because God is a light to my path. God will lead us and we should just have the confidence to say, Lord, I'm going to keep going and trust that if I'm going to make a mess of this, you're going to interfere, you're going to intervene. Rather than waiting every moment for permission, oh, you know, should I do this, should I do that? And you'll get paralysed. But when we believe that God, David understood, you are a light unto my feet. I'm going to keep walking and just, you know, I'm going to keep walking and all right, it seems to me I'm going to go this way, I'll go this way. And if it's that way, I'll go that way. He wasn't an individual paralysed by a sense of indecision. And when we have confidence that God is our light, we can move forward. You know, the other thing we often get paralysed by is that if we make a mistake, if we mess it up, if we get it wrong, that, oh dear, it'll all be over. I'll be a terrible Christian. I've just got it all wrong. Oh, I've made such a mess of it all. Can I just say, I have made so many mistakes, right? I have made so many mistakes in my Christian life. Every single one of them, or, well, hopefully I'm learning to make use of every single mistake I make. Every single mistake I make is an opportunity for God to minister to me and to teach me more about himself. I am going to have the confidence to go for it and when my kids make a mess, right, uh, as they did this week and they they spilled uh, my uh, blended smoothie all over my carpet which has not come out and is a massive stain, hopefully they will learn that they can't do a Nerf war in the middle of my office, right? Okay? But they're learning and their mistakes are opportunities for learning. And so often we just are so afraid to learn that we have no confidence that God is a light to our feet. What does it also say here? The next line says, you are my light and my salvation. God is our salvation. You know, we can be completely confident, Peter was sharing it this morning, that God is our salvation. That Our salvation comes from him and him alone. You're saved, Tony, right? Not because of which school you went to, right? Peter has been and achieved all kinds of uh, clever degrees, but unfortunately it's no help to him when it comes to how he's going to get saved. Terry, oh he's not here anymore, I was going to take the mic out of him there. It doesn't matter how attractive you are, right, or how brave you are, how good you've been, how many mistakes you've made, how nice you are, salvation comes from the Lord. And the salvation that the Lord gives us is not conditional on whether we've made mistakes or whether we've messed up. It's conditional on what? Jesus Christ and him on the cross. And we can have confidence that whatever we do, that it doesn't matter if we make a complete train wreck of things in front of us, God is still our salvation. Amen? All right? And we don't need to be afraid that our salvation is going to disappear. I love the verse, Psalm 139, that says this. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, 
And then when, as yet, there were none of that over a couple of days. Uh, and he was lacking a little bit in confidence. And the reason he was lacking in confidence because he wasn't sure if he could make the distance. Right? He wasn't sure if he could do the distance. He wasn't sure if he'd have the strength to finish the task. And of course, I reassured him that, of course, he would be. He'd be fine, right? Okay? Well, I hope he will. Anyway, otherwise, we're going to leave him in, Hel- in Holland and they'll have to make his own way back. Uh, <coughs> but, you know, often we lack confidence because we're not sure we're strong enough. I'm not sure that I'm strong enough to do what you've asked me to do, God. I'm not sure if I'm going to have the strength to finish the job. I'm not even sure I've got the strength to start the job, let alone finish it. Maybe I haven't got the strength to stand up to a member of my family that's putting pressure on me and tell them, sorry, I'm not available on a Sunday. Or, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do what you asked me to do. Maybe it's at work and your boss is putting pressure on you. You think, I haven't got the strength to say no to what he's asking me or to say, yes, this is what we're going to do. You know, so often we don't embark on tasks because we don't have the confidence that we have the strength to finish the job. But what does David say? He says, you are my strength. The Lord is my strength. You know, Peter, when he started and he went out to Greece, um, those of you that don't know, I've known Peter for quite a few years now. When Peter, this started before you ever got involved with this mission, didn't you? And Peter's first endeavour into Greece was a one-man trip uh, to the middle of nowhere in Greece, pretty much, wasn't it? Uh, and he just landed in the middle of nowhere in, in Greece and decided to try and make friends with the locals, pretty much, wasn't it? And you just, wasn't that right? Am I right in thinking that? And you just went and just got to know people in Greece. And I was thinking, have I totally missed... There's a bit more to it. But I remember that was what I took out of the story. Is here's someone that had the confidence to go into the middle of a place that he didn't know anybody and he didn't even know how to speak the language and he wasn't in like, you know, the tourist resorts on the beach sunning himself. He wanted to do the mission of the Lord. Now, I would have thought, I'm not sure I've got the strength for that. What... Yeah, and the Lord, because when you say the Lord is my strength, it means I have the confidence to go and do something where I didn't know what was happening, I didn't know whether I'd have the strength to do it, but God is with me. And so often we think that we can't do something because we don't have the strength. I want to ask you you this question this morning. Is God your strength? Is God your strength? Do you have confidence to believe that you can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens us? You know, one of the ways that, Christ, that, that the Lord strengthens us, actually, is through other people. You know, I think there's great significance in uh, the Garden of Eden where uh, Eve is created for Adam because it's not good for man to be alone. You know, we're not meant to be an island. Um, and I realize I've built my life on a network of really strong relationships that give me the confidence from God to keep going. You know, uh, it's nice that uh, our friends Paul and Beth are here, right? Um, they've, they've been our friends for a long time, suffered with us um, for many years. Um, and, you know, when I was starting something called Passion for God, which then became MLG, right, Paul and Beth were really important, I think, in making that happen, right? So you can blame them for the fact you lose a week in the summer, right? Okay. 
And you know, they, used, they came alongside and they encouraged me and they gave me the confidence to do it. They gave me the strength to do it. And God will often give us the strength through other people. David and Sue recently joined our church. Um, and um, so often after I preach, um, no hints here, David. Um, David will often catch me or text me and give me an encouragement about my sermon. Right? And I discovered that he does it to other people that preach. Right? Now, either he's got a very low standard of sermons, right? <clears throat> or we're an amazing set of preachers. Uh, neither of which I think is probably true, right? But David's heart is to give confidence and encouragement because when you're a head teacher, you know, don't you, that your staff need confidence to perform their best. And so I love the fact that people come and encourage me about how I have preached or how I've done because you know what? That's the Lord giving strength to keep going. And we should be the kind of church that says, you know what, I'm going to encourage each other because I believe God is using me to strengthen you to have the confidence to do and be all that God has made you to be. Amen? You know, the other source of confidence is this. Repeat success. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Right? If um, uh, I used to be bad at DIY... I still am quite bad at DIY, right? But I've got a bit better. And when I first started, the thought of putting up a shelf, right? This is how bad I am, right? Lee, who does like building for a living, is like seriously putting up a shelf. What is that about? But for me, putting up a shelf and getting it level was a challenge, right? Okay, anybody else here like that? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, all right, yeah, all right. Chris doesn't like DIY, do you, Chris? No. And the thought of putting up a shelf actually is quite daunting, isn't it, right? What I've discovered is the more that I do it, right? Even though I made some mistakes and the first shelf was like that and everything fell off it, right? Okay, the more you do something, the more confident you become. When I started preaching, I remember the first time I preached, it was at Giggs Hill, and I'll be honest, it probably wasn't very good. Um, I probably like, spoke at a thousand miles. I, if you think I speak fast now, you imagine how fast I used to speak, right, when you're nervous, right? And I probably didn't make a lot of sense. But I would say now that I have got... No, <laughs> stop there. <coughs> I've got more confident, right? Doesn't mean I've got any better, but at least I've got more confident. Because now, all right, I can trust that God will give me the word. And that's what ultimately you guys need. It's what I need is his word. And that's all I've got to do. And if I'm not very good, it doesn't matter. But God will give me the strength to do what I need to do. And the more I've done it, the more confident I've become. You know, uh, Ruth went out, does healing on the streets, don't you, Ruth? Right? Now, anybody that knows Ruth will know that healing on the streets... In the words of Austin Powers, that's not her bag, yeah? Okay, that's not the kind of thing. Those of us that have met Ruth, spent any time with Ruth, that the thought of walking up to random strangers saying, can I pray for you, right, okay, is not what Ruth would do naturally, right? It's not what she is and what she does. But I would imagine that even though every time she has to get up on a Saturday morning and go and do it, it's still a struggle, right? It's got easier because the more you do something, the more confident we become. And there's a great principle, a spiritual principle of get up and do it because the more you do it, the more you'll discover God is good, that God strengthens you and so often people never have the confidence because they never even begin. And you think, oh, I did it once, that was about as much as I can do, I'm not going to do that again. But I would encourage you this morning, if you are lacking confidence, to keep going and keep doing it. And lastly, I want to say this, right? Verse 2 and 3, it says this. When the wicked come up against me to eat my flesh and my enemies and my foes, um, uh, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this 
I will be confident. When we are confident in God, we can stand against opposition. You know, for some people here this morning, there was real opposition to you getting into this building. The devil did not want you to come. The enemy did not want you to come. And the fact you are here is a triumph for what the Lord is doing in you. You know, you may be in a situation where you feel like there are people who are setting themselves against you. Maybe it's a work situation or a family situation and you're feeling like there are people that are setting themselves out to deliberately be in opposition to me. Let me tell you, each of us, the devil sets himself or the enemy sets himself to be in opposition against us. But David was confident in the face of significant opposition. Whether people wanted to take his life or discredit him, right? those who wished to undermine his power, he was still confident. And you say, oh, I'm confident if I'm okay and if I'm being successful. I'm saying to you that in God this morning, you can be confident even in the face of really difficult opposition. Because that's, that's the power that God wants to release in us this morning. We can be confident in the face of some of the most difficult circumstances. And I want to see God release confidence and joy in us as a church. I believe that's what God is actually doing. I, I see it really clearly over the past couple of months. God is releasing a greater measure of joy, particularly, and confidence in the church. It was great this morning what Hannah did, right, in leading us to, to shout out. As you said, we're naturally kind of a group of people that are a little bit like, mm, Jesus, amen. But it's good for us to have the confidence to say, I'm going to shout for Jesus. That's not, we're normally not very confident to do that. A lot of the people in the room will be like, well, I can kind of muster a, a, loud, a loud Jesus, yeah? But the Lord wants to release us to a position where you are able to be confident to shout for his name. Amen? And I know that there are people here that God wants to do more work in, our, in your life to release you into greater measures of confidence. Whether you're leading something or whether you're just involved in, in sharing the gospel or loving your neighbour or in a work situation, God wants you to be more confident in who he is, in what he's done in you and what he wants to do through you. Amen? And so that confidence comes from trusting in him. And so I am going to... Um, uh, I'm going to pray for us as a church. I'm going to ask you to stand. Um, and then I'm going to, um, I'm going to ask the, the music team to come and play something. And I would like, I know we've overrun, uh, but I'll, bla I'll blame Pat for that because um, he, he just did some massively long introductions and things like that. Yeah, but I would like to pray for anybody that needs a, a release of confidence in their life, right? Anybody that needs more confidence from God that's saying, Lord, you are my light and my salvation but I'm still afraid. Lord, you are my strength, but I'm still really afraid, Lord, to do what you've asked me to do. Lord, though enemies camp against me, I'm really not very confident. And I believe the Lord wants to make us confident this morning. So, um, Hannah, do you want to come up? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. And if you would like me to pray for you, uh, as the band are leading us in singing, you just come to the front.